are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Brian Peacock here with you once again on the show. Thanks, everybody, for being here on this Friday episode. It is a Fan Friday, a mailbag show. Uh, we're going to talk about everything you guys want to talk about. I'll throw one thing in. Nobody asked me about injuries, but I'm going to throw an injury report in there at the beginning before we jump into this mailbag, mostly from the Twitterverse. Shout out to everybody who got involved with the mailbag this time and always is in contact with me via email or on Twitter. It's always fun to converse with you guys out there. If you want to get involved in any of these such things, find me on Twitter at BDPeacock. You can email the show LockedOn49ers at Gmail. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review the show. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, everywhere you find podcasts. You can find Locked On 49ers and all the podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. And of course, LockedOn49ers.com. Not only the shows, you can find where to subscribe and all kinds of other articles and stuff going up there all the time at LockedOn49ers.com. So let's check into this injury report from Thursday's practices, and there's some very interesting things, I think, to talk about here. Number one being Richard Sherman, who all of a sudden, instead of DNP, a.k.a. did not participate in practice, he was an LP, limited participant in practice on Thursday. And he told reporters that he's thinking about trying to go on Sunday, which is surprising. His calf injury was supposed to be a two-to-week, two-to-three-week thing. And so he's only missed one week, and he's trying to get back in. I wonder if the 49ers might say, hey, slow down, Richard. Um, let him maybe run a little bit on the side, but not actually play on Sunday. So we'll see. But being limited on Thursday really helps his chances of maybe playing on Sunday, which would be a huge boost for the 49ers defense. But again, you don't want him to do more damage. And he's, you know, obviously something going on down there. And all of these things are related with the Achilles and the calf and some of the stuff he's dealing with. So you don't want him to go overboard and go when he shouldn't be going. So that's going to be an interesting game time decision, I think, for the 49ers with cornerback Richard Sherman Sunday. Joe Staley still not practicing with his knee injury. Also not practicing Dante Pettis, who has already been ruled out for Sunday. Those are the only guys not practicing right now. Uh, limited participants, Matt Breida, Marquise Goodwin, Mike McGlinchey. Uh, he was a DNP on Wednesday, got in a limited practice on Thursday. It sounds like he wants to go. He said he can't remember a time when he didn't practice and, and didn't play. Like He's he's one of those guys that I would be very surprised if McGlinchey's not going, even though he didn't practice Wednesday. It's looking like the right direction for him to start at right tackle on Sunday. Alfred Morris, full participant, so he looks like he's good to go. Mike Person, limited in practice, uh, should probably be questionable. Like most of these guys who are limited are questionable going in. They have a pretty good opportunity to play on Sunday, I think. Joshua Garnett's an interesting one, a full participant this week after not being able to uh, get involved at all the last few weeks with his dislocated toe. So he's on a path to play, it looks like. Yeah, that dislocated toe, I don't know. Full participant is much better than limited participant. So Colbert, Joshua Garnett, fully practicing, as is Jaquaski Tart and Akella Witherspoon. So the secondary, all of a sudden, if Sherman plays, everybody's back. If Tart and Colbert are going, they're practicing. They have been this week. Akella Witherspoon, same story there. 
Uh, Greg Maben, maybe he's not going to get the start that he thought he might get on Sunday. But um, that's looking much better for the 49ers secondary, who's had a rough go to start the season so far. So, uh, And Weston Richburg's the other one I did not mention. Uh, he did not practice on Wednesday. And again, like McGlinchey, was limited on Thursday. So it looks like those guys that are questionable and are starting to be able to get in some work late in the week have a very good chance to play on Sunday. So that is your 49ers injury report. Looking at the Cardinals, they've got some names on the list, uh, not nearly as bad. Most everybody on the injury report was just limited. A couple of full participants, nobody not practicing. Larry Fitzgerald is the biggest name on the Cardinals injury list. And uh, as we talked with on Wednesday with the crossover show with Alex and Bo, uh, Larry Fitzgerald's going to play. He's just nursing a bad back and a bad hamstring. And when you're 35 plus year old wide receiver, or NFL player at all in your mid-30s and late-30s, you're going to be dealing with some stuff. So Larry Fitzgerald, um, maybe not be as spry as he once was, dealing with some injuries, but uh, looking like he's one of those guys that's definitely going to be playing on Sunday and has really always been in the thorn in the side of the 49ers. Uh, Robert Kimdichie Limited, Corey Peters, Andre Smith, Jamar Taylor, John Wetzel, they're all limited for the Cardinals. Let's see who else is on here. Marcus Golden, a pass rusher. Uh, he's got a Bonky knee, and he was not practicing Wednesday, is practicing in a limited fashion Thursday, so uh, there's a chance he might not be able to go. And then uh, Jermaine Gresham, Bene Ben Wickery, Josh Bynes, and Corey Cunningham, all limited in practice. Oh no, Corey Cordy, Corey Cunningham, offensive lineman, he's fully participating, so no problems there. So yeah, not a not a really bad injury report for the Arizona Cardinals. In, in comparison to what's going on with the 49ers, especially when you consider that they lost their starting quarterback for the year already in Jimmy Garoppolo as well. So maybe there is something to the 49ers having a lot more injuries than some other teams. Larry Fitzgerald is really the name to watch there for the Cardinals in that injury report. But I got a feeling he's going to go on Sunday. All right, let's move on to this mailbag, shall we? Let's kick this thing off with our friend Sully. He had a question about pass rushers. He said, hey, Brian, which pass rusher not named Nick Bosa from the 2019 draft would be an ideal fit for the 49ers next year? I'll give you three names. I'll give you four names. And there's some guys that uh, there, there's multiple players. It looks like a pretty good draft class for both big time wide receivers, big bodied, true number one type wide receivers. You know, a lot can change between now and April, but um, that and pass rushers. It looks like a pretty good draft. So if those are the two positions, that I think if you're a 49ers fan and you might be asking the 49ers to draft, it might be a good year for that. So uh, I'll throw a few names out there. One, Cleland Farrell from Clemson is sort of your traditional 260 pounds, 6'4", 6'5", long edge pass rusher, defensive end type. And so uh, he would probably be a consideration for the 49ers. Two guys I like who are not as big, maybe a little bit more explosive, is Montez Sweat from Mississippi State and Brian Burns from Florida State. Both those guys could be maybe Leo or maybe even strong side linebacker considerations for the 49ers and more speed rusher types. So um, those are two interesting names to me in the first round for the 49ers. There's also Rashawn Gary from Michigan, who was a huge big time five-star recruit. And he hasn't really lived up to that hype yet, but he does have a lot of natural ability. 270 pounds, I think, coming off the edge, a super athletic defensive end. And uh, he's a name to watch as well, because when you're that physically gifted, you could really rise in the draft. And of course, as Sully mentioned there, uh, Nick Bosa is a name to watch, and he's going to go very high. Maybe be the first non-quarterback drafted in 2019 if he does declare he's dealing with an injury right now. Uh, so those are those are some names, five true first round uh, types 
at this point in uh, in the season, in the college season, a lot can change. Obviously, there might be some more names that jump in. Some of these guys might not work out well, maybe don't declare for the draft. Uh, I think Sweat is the only guy who's actually a senior. Maybe Farrell's a senior, too, because I thought he might come out last year. But, yeah, an interesting class. Some good pass rushers there. But not, let's not get too ahead of ourselves looking at the draft. I did want to answer that first, but there is a ton of other stuff to get to here that is uh, more in consideration for the 49ers 2018 season. So let's move along there. On the subject of rookies and 2018 rookies that are currently on the roster, this from Demetrio on Twitter. He says, when are we going to get some production from our draft picks? Please don't let the word injury appear in your response if you reply. Uh, we are seeing rookies make plays on a lot of other teams. Where are our difference makers? Uh, Demetrio, you know, it's it's always tough for rookies. And there are some rookies that make an impact and that happens and and you you do want your especially your top draft picks to make an immediate more of an immediate impact. And the 49ers were forced to play a ton of their rookies last year. So they got a ton of production from their 2017 rookie class. And that's rare. It, it's tough for rookies to get in there. And it's funny because Kyle Shanahan talked a couple weeks ago about Dante Pettis and about how he ran the wrong route. And it almost ended up being that pick six that Jimmy Garoppolo threw and how he's he basically made it sound like you hope you don't have to play rookies because they're not ready. And so I think that's usually, especially with skill positions, it's a little bit more difficult. Quarterbacks and, and tight ends and wide receivers, notoriously, it's really hard to get on the field early because there's so much to learn. Cornerbacks, too, on the defensive side of the ball, notoriously slow to develop in the NFL. Yeah, you'd like to see a bigger impact from the rookies sometimes, but it's not always an indication of how good the player is going to be just because it's difficult for rookies to get on the field. And so, yeah, the jury's out. I mean, it's only four weeks in, so we'll see how this rookie class looks, and they should get stronger down the stretch as they have more time uh, in the NFL and get into this playbook, and and uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see what it looks like down the stretch. That's really a question you can't answer. It's just too early to answer that question right now about what one rookie in particular and what an entire rookie class is going to look like after four games. 2J on Twitter has a question about Trent Taylor. What's going on with Trent Taylor? Is he still injured? Uh, DB's shutting him down. I'd like to see Richie James get some snaps. Couldn't be any worse. Well, I would agree. Right now, with what we've seen from 2018, Trent Taylor doesn't look like the same guy we saw in 2017. And I'm with you. If Richie James is active, put him on the field. And Demetrio was asking about rookies making an impact. Maybe Richie James is that guy to give a little boost to that 2018 class for the 49ers. He's a playmaker. Uh, I would love to see him out there. And if Trent Taylor's playing hurt, and he's not helping the team, maybe you have to push him back. And the trainers and the coaching staff has to say, you know what, you need to sit. You need to calm down, get healthy, get 100%. Then you can actually help us out. Because right now, he he definitely isn't. And he doesn't look like that same guy. So, uh, yeah, Richie James, Kendrick Bourne, I think, might get some run as well. So let's see these guys. Let's see, see some of these young guys develop. Let's go to Ryan. He said, Beathard is not the problem. Our defensive scheme is to blame. Uh, not enough stud playmakers at key positions to play all gas, no breaks. Wondering if you believe the relationship between Sherman and Thomas, if the 49ers would actually be someone he would consider. Uh, Earl Thomas is who Ryan is speaking of, I think, here. And absolutely, I think Sherman will be someone who could definitely recruit Earl Thomas in the offseason. And I think the 49ers will absolutely be calling Earl Thomas's agent after the season because he is the prototype. Again, just like Sherman is on one side, Earl Thomas is the prototype at free safety in this scheme. Uh, but now if this defensive scheme is to blame and you think they need a different coach, that changes everything because now you're looking for a different prototype of players. And we saw what it was like with in the Trent Baalke era, 
all they did was try to bring in prototype 3-4 personnel. And now they've worked so hard to try to get away from that and bring in a new standard of, of player and prototype player for this cover three scheme. Eric Armstead, DeForest Buckner, those guys are prototype 3-4 defensive ends. That's why those guys are there. And so it was difficult for the 49ers to change over the roster and bring in personnel for a certain new scheme that they're trying to run now. And they're early in year two of that scheme to abandon that all of a sudden. And now maybe you get a coach in that wants smaller, quicker man cover corners, you know? And so then you scrap that whole thing and you're starting over with new personnel that fit a new scheme and you start chasing your own tail at some point. So if you believe, and I know the 49ers front office does believe in Robert Solid that he's your guy and it's a sound scheme. I agree with your point about not enough playmakers that keep positions. Keep adding playmakers. Bring in more corners, more cover guys. Bring in a stud safety. Earl Thomas would be a great fit for the 49ers. Draft some guys. Draft some edge rushers that the 49ers seem to not think they needed for a couple of years. I think they're realizing now they do, they do need those guys. So that would be my approach to it is if you believe in the coach and you believe in the scheme, add those playmakers, and then we'll see where this defense is. Because uh, right now they've been banged up, and on top of that, they do lack some very key things, number one being a pass rush, and number two being the ability to tackle, which these guys should already know how to do before they even get into the NFL. To Jeremy on Twitter, he says, at this point, what players do you feel have a chance at losing their starting jobs and to whom, or maybe even players that could possibly get traded or released? Uh, Let me see here. I think a player that if a team came calling, I think they could get Pierre Garçon from the 49ers pretty easy. Um, I think maybe even Jimmy Ward, you know, Eric Armstead. Uh, Those are the names that people throw around, but those guys are hard to trade. Uh, Eric Armstead has a guaranteed contract for next year that's large, and not a lot of teams are going to want to take that on. Jimmy Ward, same story, but for this year, he's got a big salary. Pierre Garçon's got a pretty big salary. So a team would really have to want the guy, and you're not going to get much in return. So at this point, unless the 49ers really start thinking that they're going to go in the tank and just go with a youth movement and that their season's over, but the 49ers aren't thinking that after four weeks. The 49ers are in it to win it still. They're trying to play. They're trying to win every week, so... Uh, anything like that wouldn't happen until much closer to the trade deadline unless a team actually uh, blew them away with something or or the 49ers were already thinking about sitting a player and a team came calling for that guy and they wanted to play another player instead of him. So um, I would say for trades, not very likely with the situation the 49ers are in, um, be it trading away guys or bringing in players. Now closer to the trade deadline, that might change. Uh, And I do have a couple of names of guys that I would target if I was the 49ers, if I was trying to bring somebody in, because you're not trying to bring somebody in necessarily for now. You want to bring in a long-term piece. You're not going to bring in anybody that's, there's nobody out there you're going to bring in right now today that's all of a sudden going to be a stud player for you because they're not available because the team that has them needs them. And if the team, uh, and if he's going to be a free agent at the end of the year, why are you, why are you throwing down draft picks for a player that you could just sign at the end of the year anyway? So Um, that's my thought with that. And as far as players losing their jobs, the NFL is supposed to be the ultimate meritocracy. If there's a backup player that deserves a shot and is better than the starter, then he's going to be in there. And I think we're seeing that with Greg Maben this week. Now he's, he might start over Jimmy Ward. He might start over Akella Witherspoon. And even if Richard Sherman does come back, then Greg Maben might still be starting on the other side. Or he might be starting in place of Richard Sherman if he's not able to go this week, which I I would still doubt if Sherman's able to play and and they let him play. But that's, you know, if there's a better player, the team should be playing him. And if they're not, then that's a major problem because, you know, unless it's just like a long-term veteran that's 
done, you know, like Larry Fitzgerald. Maybe let's say the Cardinals saying, oh, we've got this young guy. He's pretty good. You're not going to bench Larry Fitzgerald to play this dude, right? So the 49ers, like Joe Staley, is in that position, uh, but there's nobody better to, than him to play anyway. So I, I think the guys that they think are best are the guys that they're going to play. And we've seen it with number three overall pick from last year's draft. Their very first draft pick in this regime, Solomon Thomas, hasn't been on the field for a lot of key plays and a lot of key snaps. And about half the snaps this season, he hasn't been on the field. So if they thought that they were just going to play the guy who was drafted the highest or makes the most money, then he'd be on the field. And he hasn't been a lot. So I think that tells you how they feel about it. And at this point, I don't really see anything major coming uh, because the 49ers don't have a ton of depth right now to be just throwing guys in and out of there. But but one player, and I mentioned him already, I've talked about him a lot, Richie James. Let's get that guy on the field. He's a playmaker, hasn't had a chance to make plays yet for the 49ers in 2018, aside from the preseason. Maybe DJ Jones. I think he deserves to play over Earl Mitchell a lot more, especially on base packages and passing downs and, and sub packages. The nose tackle probably shouldn't be on the field. So uh, I don't know if we should see a ton of Earl Mitchell. And I know he's a great locker room guy, and, and, and the coaching staff really loves Earl Mitchell, but um, I I fully believe that DJ Jones right now is a better player and especially a better run defender. To Renee on Twitter, do you think a more experienced defensive coordinator would have been a better hire for the new regime, similar to what the Rams have done? Yes. And in fact, the Rams hired the exact guy I was hoping the 49ers were going to be able to get in Wade Phillips. I think that's a perfect combination with a young coach. But what happened was Wade Phillips was hired before the 49ers had their head coach because it's just one of those things where Kyle Shanahan was going through the Super Bowl. So he's the last guy that gets to get hired. So he didn't have time earlier to hire someone like Wade Phillips. And I thought that was a perfect pairing. An old school coach that's been around for a while. 49ers already had their 3-4 personnel kind of set. You know, obviously needed more talent still. But they had that base roster ready to go for that style of defense. A really good coach and pair him with the super young Head coach, And so I was kind of surprised that the 49ers, everybody they brought in was relatively young. First time GM, first time head coach, first time defensive coordinator. And so maybe there's some growing pains there. And so maybe all those guys are going to get better together as they move along. And uh, but there is something to that, to have that old wise coach in the room. Maybe maybe the coaching staff needs that. I don't know. But at this point, they've they've picked their guys. And so I think they're going to roll with them for a while. Unless the defense really, really continues to fall flat on their face, um, and, and that would probably have to happen next year because they know they're undermanned at a few key spots right now, then maybe they might start making to, to start looking to make a change. But they're definitely not going to make a midseason change this year. And I would actually even be surprised. Uh, it would have to really be bad the rest of the way for them to make a change this offseason. All right, we got a ton of questions to get to still here. Uh, quick reminder about all the podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. Not only all the NFL shows, we've got some Major League Baseball shows. We've got all the NBA shows covered. We've got two NFL Draft shows with Draft Dudes and Locked On NFL Draft. We've got two fantasy football shows as well with Locked On Fantasy Football Insiders. They have great fantasy football industry guests every day and Locked On Fantasy football 24-7, so a lot to get to. Tell a friend about the network. If they're not a 49ers fan, shame on them, but let them know they've got a podcast for them and their team, whether it be pro or college side of things now on the Locked On Podcast Network. Let's go to Scott. Why are we down on this coaching staff? See, it's funny because we get, we're getting a lot from, from both sides here. Why are we down on this coaching staff? This is half a second string team right now. I like what they're doing. My only thought is we could have addressed some needs a little bit better. Number one, wide receiver and pass rush. 
Be patient. Good times coming soon. So, Scott, I think that's, you know, that, that's a smart way to look at it. They're, they're undermanned a little bit. I think um, they might have not identified some needs as well as, you know, I think they, there's some things that were masked when they won those five games down the stretch. And look, and I always point this fact out and people forget this roster was completely gutted when this new regime came in, just about. Uh, there's hardly anybody left from the Trent Baalke regime, and those guys are going to be filtering out because they're ending their rookie contracts in the next couple of seasons. So when you completely gut a roster and bring in all new players, it's going to take a while. That doesn't happen overnight. And this is four year, four weeks into year two. So this is very, very early stages of a rebuild still. So you can't bring in studs at every key position all at once. And right now, I think it's a big time wide receiver and a pass rush. I think those are the two major ones. They haven't really addressed much yet. And um, they have a chance to do that coming up in the next offseason. So we'll see how they do that. And that will be a big part of their success in 2019. A lot of people want to talk about the coaching staff. Let's go to Joe on Twitter who said, would you go for Rex Ryan from ESPN and make him the defensive coordinator? I, I wouldn't go with Rex Ryan. That's a, it's a retread situation. He, yeah, he's a pretty good defensive coordinator, a better defensive coordinator than a head coach. But um, I kind of mentioned that earlier. It's like uh, he's going to want to run a different scheme again and just change all that stuff up. I think you've got to stay the course here. Give Robert Sala the pieces he needs, and then if it doesn't work, then that's when you know. But right now, uh, it's not that time. It's just it's too soon. It's too soon to jump ship. It's an overreaction from just a few games here in 2018. Let's see this thing through. Let's talk about it again in the offseason, but no midseason coaching changes right now with the way this roster is and the way the team is and Jimmy Garoppolo out. Uh, definitely not the time right now. And we still have some time to evaluate Robert Sala and the defense and how things go the rest of the way. But there are some obvious holes on the defensive side of the ball, too. So it's, it's going to be different. It's going to be difficult for any defensive coordinator. Uh, Jack Del Rio is the other name I've seen thrown out there. And a fine candidate. I think both those guys, if you had an opening, you would want to interview those guys. But right now, midseason, no. Frank wants to know... What's going on with Colbert? Why isn't he starting? Well, he's been hurt. That's the number one thing. And he hasn't played nearly as well when he has been on the field this year as he did down the stretch last season. Um, another guy that's just going in head first, throwing his shoulder, not wrapping up. So, yeah, Tart, Colbert both need to tackle much better. And we need to see the guys we saw last year that won starting jobs for the 49ers defense. And uh, being healthy is the number one key to that. Both guys look like they're back healthy playing this week so we can reevaluate uh, both Tart and Colbert with this with the secondary and in Colbert I believe Kyle Shanahan did confirm if he's healthy he didn't he's not going to lose his job because of injury and DJ Reed didn't play so great at free safety that uh, Colbert doesn't get his starting job back so we'll see him back out there in week 5 to Derek we can look backwards all we want do you think ownership will spend money needed to make us a championship team uh yes i think ownership will spend whatever money that the front office deems necessary to build the roster. Now the question will become, and I've seen a bunch of names out there with guys that could be available in the offseason. Lawrence from the Cowboys, Jadavian Clowney, uh, those are two big ones as far as pass rushers go. Uh, most of these guys aren't going to see free agency, and the 49ers won't have a chance to spend on them. So whether it's they get locked up by their own team or they get the franchise tag put on it's just hard because a lot of teams have a lot of cap space. And so it'll be very hard for the 49ers to, to just spend up to the cap. And you don't want to spend recklessly either. You want to spend smart. And you want to spend money on the right players and, and the players you identify as difference makers or key contributors for your team and pay them the right amount. And so a lot of times you have to overpay in free agency. But it's nice right now to look ahead and say, hey, look at this free agent class. 
most of the guys aren't going to be available. And so we'll see who's actually there for the 49ers to, to grab. There have been basically zero stud pass rushers to hit the market. So I'd be surprised if anybody hits the market at that position. Maybe Ziggy Ansa from the Lions, just because they're, I don't know if they're going to franchise him again. Dante Fowler of the Jaguars, there's a really good chance he makes the free agent market just because the Jags are really up against it with the cap and probably can't afford, and they haven't really played him like uh, true, and he's not in the Clowney and, and Dexter Lawrence realm of, of player, and even though he's a high draft pick, but Robert Sala knows, his, knows him from his days in Jacksonville, so if Robert Sala signs up on Dante Fowler, I could see that being a likely guy the 49ers go after in free agency. Uh, but somebody, I think it's Luca here. Uh, what do you think about trading for Dante Fowler? And again, that's like, no, it doesn't make any sense. Why give up anything for a guy who's going to be a free agent in the offseason? Just sign him if he's a guy you want to sign in the offseason and, and still draft some other guys. Um, but he might be one of the best guys that's out there as far as edge rushers go, even though he's been a disappointment for the Jacksonville Jaguars after being the number three pick in 2016. Or was it 2015, right? So much that his fifth-year option was not picked up by the Jags. But they're trying to go to a Super Bowl, so they're not going to give up guys for for peanuts right now. That makes no sense to them. And the the 49ers, even if it is peanuts, aren't going to be throwing something out there for a guy who's going to be a free agent at the end of the season. So free agency, yes. Trade, no, for Dante Fowler. Let's see. Got time for a couple more here. Thomas also on the Rex Ryan bandwagon as a defensive coordinator. Gold-Blooded says Colbert's regression is one of the most underrated topics of the first quarter of the season, given all the young pieces we have on the roster how would you address the secondary if this is more of a self-scouting season? Um, Self-scouting-wise, yeah, I mean, you, you got to play a lot of guys. I, I think that was another question that somebody said here about going to a youth movement. Yeah, here it is, Chad. Uh, the Niners go all in on a youth movement, allowing Akello, Moore, Reed, Taylor, Mabin, Day, etc. Time to take their lumps and learn how to play in this league. Why not give more reps at his natural safety position along with Reed? We are weak there. Uh, well, they don't want more to play safety. So that's why they wouldn't do that. If they would play more, they would play him at corner because that's the thing that he needs time playing to develop in this scheme and play that position. So um, I think yes and no to that question. If the 49ers are one and nine, like they were last year, you got to start playing the young guys. You just got to start looking ahead and really try to to, to develop as much talent and get guys game experience as you can. Uh, But right now they're not in that mode right now. They're trying to play the best guys. And they're still probably trying to figure out where some guys fit. And I think Reed, I don't think Reed would be playing safety right now if, if Colbert didn't really get hurt. Because uh, I think ultimately Reed, is his best spot is probably at slot corner. But they've got Kwan Williams, who they really like there. And so that's kind of the problem is where do you play the young guys if you already have a veteran in that spot? So uh, you can't really go full youth movement yet. But you've got to start filtering in guys. And, you know, the more they practice this season, the more the more they'll be ready to play. And it was like Greg Mabin this week. It was like he's been practicing well. So we've got to get him on the field. And so I think more of these guys can really force Robert Sala's hand and for, force the coaching staff's hand by practicing well, showing that they're ready for game action. And then they can get in there and earn a spot. But um, I think at the end of the season, we'll see a youth movement if the 49ers aren't winning a lot of games. And once, once they're out of the playoff hunt, you absolutely have to get more of the young guys on the field and see what you have there and scout these guys and, and know what you have going into 2019 and get these guys those valuable, valuable game reps. So I asked the question, is going from Garoppolo to Beathard not actually the problem? And a lot of people now are kind of back on the, the C.J. Beathard bandwagon after he played okay last week and how Garoppolo hadn't really blown anybody away for the first 
uh, three weeks either. Uh, and Milo says, uh, it's crazy how people now saying almost no difference with C.J. Beathard. Jimmy G is far, far better than C.J.B. End of story. Uh, Milo, I think you're right. Nobody's really saying that C.J. Beathard is better. But they're just saying, well, Garoppolo wasn't playing all that well and Beathard played okay too. So that's not necessarily the problem. That's not causing the L's. Right now, there's a lot of other things aside from quarterback that are causing the L's. So Milo, you're right, but that's not really what people are saying. People, nobody, Nobody's out there saying, oh, CJ Beathard is just as good. No, everyone wants Garoppolo in there. Uh, the, the question is, is that really the problem? Is that why the 49ers are losing games? And right now, I got to say no. Real quick to Anthony, he asks if the number two or number three pass rushers on the board and the number one wide receiver and number one corner are on the board, do you reach for the greatest need, a pass rusher? Um, no, you go for the best player, no matter what. Yeah, you don't jump tiers, So, but the number three pass rusher could be better than the number one corner or the number one wide receiver, so you just don't know. Bottom line, you shouldn't ever be drafting purely for need, and you shouldn't be jumping tiers for need, but you could use need as a tiebreaker. If you have two positions, one you don't need, one you do, and you have them ranked relatively the same, you can go with the need position. But uh, you should never be jumping for need and drafting a guy who's just flat out not as good. Let's end it with Solman here. He's got a question about the draft. Uh, I was wondering if you think the 49ers regret passing on Derwin James. McGlinchey has been solid, but we could have taken linemen like Brian O'Neill later. Joseph Noteboom, who have looked just as good. Maybe similarities to Ward scared them off, question mark? Um, that's just, there's too much hindsight when it comes to that with the draft. I think there's a lot of teams that will regret passing on Derwin James. Right now, I don't think the 49ers are disappointed in what they got with Mike McGlinchey, so they're not worried about it at all. And when you start getting into hindsight and going down that rabbit hole with the draft, it it just gets too convoluted. And I don't like that kind of draft talk. And that's really the reason I do the shadow draft, because I I pick one guy. It's not like, oh, let's look and see who we could have got. It's like, no, you're on the clock. You get one choice. That's the guy I would have taken. All the other hindsight stuff goes out the window. I would have taken Harold Landry at number nine. And if the 49ers would have traded down, I would have still taken Harold Landry because he was still there. So, um, uh, and all other things with the hindsight and what they could have done. Yeah, there's a lot of things they could have done. They could have taken that trade that the eight Raiders ended up taking when the Cardinals moved up for Josh Rosen and gone down to 15. Then they'd have gotten that extra third round pick that they traded away Trent uh, Brown for. So you could have had the third, kept Trent Brown, still been sitting there at 15. You could take Derwin James. And then you could trade up in the second round and end up with Harold Landry. So you could still have Harold Landry and Derwin James on this team and still have a third round pick to mess with. And so you could have done a lot of things. You could have gone up again and gotten Connor Williams. So they could have really stacked it if you look at it hindsight wise. But there's a lot of things you can't know who's going to fall, who's going to be where uh, when you're actually there on the clock draft day. So it's just not that easy. So there, I mean, there's a ton of hindsight things you could do with that, but um, I don't really like to get into that too much because it's too easy because you look back, see where a guy fell and, and all that. So that's why when I do the shadow drafts, I like to take a guy on the clock. I would have picked this one guy and that's it. And so that's, that's my level of being like, well, I would have done this and this is what happened. And all the rest is just hindsight. And I don't want to get too much into that, but evaluations are key. And if, if a team's bad at evaluating, then that's big time. And I always go back to my evaluations and look at how I ranked guys and be like, okay, Three, four years later, did I get this evaluation right? Did I have this guy pegged right? Did I have this guy pegged wrong? What can I learn from this? What can I learn from missing on this particular guy? I had these guys ranked good and they ended up being good. And these guys I didn't like and they ended up being busts. And so if your team continuously is doing the drafting of the guys who turn out to be busts and and not that great and underwhelming and and, uh, other teams are drafting really good players right behind them, 
then that's signaling something for you too. And that's for ownership to go back and use their hindsight and look at the draft boards and be like, look, you passed on all these great players and drafted the bad ones. So I'm going to go try to find someone else who will draft the good players because really you'll drive yourself crazy. All right, let's call it right there. Thanks everybody for listening. Thanks everybody for getting involved in the mailbag and all the people who I didn't get to. I apologize. Hopefully I'll get to your questions next time. You can get those into me on Twitter at BD Peacock. You can always email the show locked on 49ers at Gmail. Go to locked on 49ers.com. We've got the Facebook and the Instagram stuff going on as well. And I will talk to you guys on Monday with a rapid react show, breaking down everything from week five against the Arizona Cardinals. And a little programming note for next week, the Winkler family's on vacation at Disneyland, so uh, he won't be around on Tuesday. We're going to do the weekly Winkler, is what uh, one listener said on Twitter to call it. So I like that. The weekly Winkler is going to happen probably like Friday next week instead of Tuesday. So, uh, But I'll be back with you guys on Monday right here on Locked On 49ers.